This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hi, welcome to another edition and an early edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And today, with the time skipping ahead, this is going to be an interesting show because I'm not quite up yet, but I'm okay. 6.30 here in L.A., 6.45 in L.A., 10.45 back east. Right, Nick? Yep, yep. Did you sleep, Coop? Uh, not really, but I'm okay because I got uh, my AAU program starts at 8 o'clock in about an hour and a half, and I'm going to run over to that. So, uh, but anytime we can talk about basketball, I'm up for it. A couple of topics I'd like to cover today. Uh, one that uh, really kind of uh, upsets me a little bit. You know, the NBA is at an all-time high, and for players to be bringing guns to the locker room or NBA players to be brandishing guns, I think is an absolute no-no. I think you have a lot of young kids that are watching this league. Like I said, it's at an all-time high, worldwide viewed. And for NBA players to, uh, again, whether you want to be or not, and Charles Barkley said he's not a role model, but you are a role model if you're in the public eye. I think you have, there's a responsibility that you have to have uh, for young people watching, young people listening uh, to your every movements and things that you do for uh, these players, uh, you know, and it started with uh, kind of like Gilbert Arenas and, and um, Jarvis Crichton. Uh, what was that back in the 90s, late 90s to, to uh, 2000, early 2000s to have guns in the locker room? Uh, you know, Second Amendment rights, I'm all for it. I own a gun. Mine stays locked upstairs. My wife doesn't know about it because she hates it. So, but I have a gun for protection here. But to carry a gun out with you, aka Sean Kemp, mm -hmm. to carry a gun out with you, uh, the latest John Morant, you no, know, it's it's I don't know. I, I I think it's a personal decision. Uh for me, I think it's a bad decision that they made and uh because you're putting your 
guns only mean one thing. You're going to get, somebody's going to get killed, whether it's you or somebody else. And I think if you have a gun on you uh, out there, I mean, obviously you have to use it the right way, but when you just have a gun on you, I guess that doesn't bode well, especially for an NBA player. I think. Like, uh, you know, and then, you know, not criticizing Ja, I don't know his whole situation has yeah. been kind of quiet, but to bring it in a strip club and first of all, how did he not get caught with it at the door? And then to put it on his Instagram story, uh, there's something not right there. I, I wonder, we were talking to Isaiah Thomas earlier this week, and he mentioned about a lack of wisdom in Memphis around a guy like Ja. You know, it's not a legacy franchise. It's not the foundation like the Celtics or Lakers or Sixers, Detroit. Do you think they, the legends need to play a bigger role in, in the younger players' worlds in order to help kind of like you guys had, you guys had the legends before you, right? I mean, they were kind of around. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, you know what? I, I think that's a, a player's own decision. Uh, I mean, we can mentor, you can talk, you can do whatever you want to. I think a kid, uh, I came from a tough background, uh, but I came up in the six, six, 60s, 70s where you handle things with your fists. Yep. Uh, and now it's a new kind of uh, day for everyone. But I think that's, uh, yes, I think there needs to be a little bit more leadership around him. But a young man coming up, when you come up in a different kind of environment, as probably, I'd say, 40, 50 percent of the NBA come up rough and don't have it. You know, I'm from a single mom and brothers. And I mean, my neighborhood was very tough. But nowadays, it's even become tougher. It's a different world we're living in for these young players coming up. But I just feel that once you make it to the NBA and I don't want to go with that slogan that they say, uh, take the kid out the hood, but can't take the hood out the kid. That kind of, I don't, I don't buy that. That's I think it's a personal decision. Yeah. I think sometimes it's people you hang with. They got these big entourages now with different people. You know, I mean, if that's the case, that's somebody else, but you're in the limelight. You are, you're, you're, you're top, top seven player in the NBA. That's just bad. Uh, uh, for you it's hurt your team. You know, if this if you're a tennis player or a golfer, that's your decision. You want to do it, then you reap the uh, repercussions from that. But if you're baseball, basketball, football, just to name the team sports, you know, not forgetting about hockey or anything else like that, your actions affect the team. And you know, Memphis is on a run now. They're trying to hang in there. I believe they're fourth or fifth in the West. You know, now they're without him for what? Uh, I didn't even see the. No, we don't know. It's indefinite. Yeah. So, I mean, it hurts the team. Now, yeah. granted, the team is playing decently okay, but just think if you were there every day that you could possibly move up in the ranking because, you know what, your team that uh, the young team, nobody's really – I mean, they're, they're seeing you as a threat in the West, but they always say, well, they haven't won a championship. They haven't uh, won enough games to, 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 prove, to be proven a favorite. Mm -hmm. Well, now you have prevented that. So, uh, let's hope. Right. Uh, job learn from his mistakes that's what i'm hoping and uh that and he i i really do believe i think he's a sharp young man and i think again this that's a bad decision but again like i always tell my son you run a red light that's a decision you make and there's possibly you could have a car accident or something like that something bad happens to you let's hope you know that he's learned from this and he well, he will be a better person uh, you know, sometimes they don't take in the actions of what you do affects your family. 
And you want your family to always be respectful of you. Look at the road that you took to get to where you are to gain that stardom. And then you take all that away by just one bad moment. And, you know, it's not just Ja. It's not Gilbert Arenas and Crichton. Uh, you have Sean Kemp. <laughs> now, he should know better yeah. riding around in a car with a gun and being pulled over. Uh, you know, again, the neighborhood you're traveling in requires for you to do that. I don't buy that because you just stay out of those neighborhoods. But uh, it's just um, just a it's not a black eye on the NBA. It's a couple of players making a bad decision. And when it's your marquee player, John Morant's a marquee player. It just doesn't sit well for the NBA. What do you think about Paul? I mean, the Shannon Sharp took offense to Paul Pierce saying, you know, people don't because Paul Pierce obviously got stabbed. in his I think it was his rookie season he said on Twitter, uh, you know, after that, he carried a gun and he, we don't people don't know how it is to be a black man and wealthy in the NBA. Do you, do you see any, you, you, know what? you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, you know what it is to be a black man and wealthy in the NBA. Yeah. I just don't go in those circles. I mean, yeah. you know, just don't put yourself in those environments. And I don't know Paul Pierce's uh, situation where he was at. Uh, if, if your visit, again, for me, when I always traveled, uh, especially when we were with the team, it was myself, Magic, there was a bunch of us that went out. And like I said, the world's crazier now than when it was in the 80s. So people get jealous. I understand that. But if you sense that about you, you know, um, I don't know. It's just hard because uh, he does make a great point. Being a black man, wealthy, you know, people are, you become a target, not just for uh, people outside. You become a target for women. Women try to get you in all kind of uh, twisted ways to get you caught up to get some of your money, but I I just don't carry a gun. I, I don't. I watch where I am, my surroundings. I try to keep myself out of dangerous situations, and I think that's what people have to think about, but uh, for you to carry a gun means you're in an area that you really shouldn't be. Uh, that's just my take on it. Again, uh, any, any guns back in your day, in the 80s, you know, coming in the locker room on the plane or that you knew of? No, I, I, not, I didn't know about it. Now, they might have had it. Guys might have had it, but I didn't know about it, and I'm glad I didn't. Yes, yeah. But, uh, I don't think any players – I can I can say 100% that no players on our team carried any guns, or I'm not saying they didn't have one. Like I said, it's at home. But to be carrying it on the road, bring it to the locker room, putting it in your locker, I don't – none of our players are like that. Like, like yeah. I said, though, it's a different time now. So what do you, uh, let's just hope that all the – go ahead. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, he brought his name up. But I don't know if you heard, but he had told a great story about David Stern and that 50-game suspension. You know, Stern kind of got him in, in the, the league office. He said Adam Silver couldn't sit at the table then. He was the man standing behind Stern at the table when they had their meeting. And Stern pretty much strong-armed him into accepting that 50-game suspension because supposedly there was it didn't, what he did didn't break the, law, the laws of the NBA to, to warrant that. Um, do you ever have any run-ins with Stern? You ever get a phone call? No, I, all my been? run-ins was uh, when Mr. Stern gave me my my plaque for defensive player of the year. So Brian were always happy moments. Again, that's just me. The the, the road I traveled in the NBA and my journeys through it. You had some so, great fights, Coop. You never got a call after those fights. I mean, you get a call. Yeah, hey, Coop, you can't be fighting like that. And, and you understand. I took a. Full responsibility for my actions, and you know, back then uh, it wasn't about losing money 
because of that. You were fighting for a championship. Yeah. So most of the time, I know all except maybe twice, the Lakers always paid our fine because it was actions being taken out on the court. And that was kind of like what Pat Riley, you know, we knew that we had to fight to win a championship. So sometimes, but to, no, I never got a day. Uh, Mr. Stern was always very gracious to me. I always, every time, I'm just glad all our meetings were nice and we could laugh. Uh, he, was somebody, he was usually handing you a ring when he saw you. Say that again? He was usually handing you a ring when he saw you, a championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you like those those situations to be like that. But I've never gotten a call where I had to be admonished about something negatively I did, especially having guns in the locker room, and to the point to where he had uh, <laughs> his backup help standing behind him because he might have been afraid of you. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do you think this is just a product of sports today, or do you think it's the pandemic? Do you think it's just the world? Like, I mean, I... The, pan, the lockdown caused a lot of mental illness, it, it, especially people, I think, who are celebrities. You say, oh, they have all the money in the world. They're, well, they're used to action, action all the time, right? Yeah. You're a celebrity. Everybody wants a piece of you. And to go from that to lockdown, maybe it fucked them up a little bit. I, I, I think it's a little bit, uh, a little bit the pandemic, but I just think it's the world we live in today. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a really violent world. A lot of things that are happening, you know, out here in LA, almost any given time during the day, you can cut the TV on There's a police chase. And mm -hmm. that becomes your amusement for the time. But I just think people are, uh, some people try to see uh, celebrities or people with money as targets. You know, they got these, uh, what do they call them, crash and grab robberies here where they just drive the car in the yeah. store. So I just think it's the world we live in. And, you know, I just ask all people, uh, especially NBA players, just to be careful where you walk. Uh, but again, uh, sometimes you have to take uh, the necessary cautions. And for them, that's carrying a gun or a knife uh, in the, the circles or the journeys that they travel in. And well, let's be, be fair here. I mean, it's the difference between carrying a concealed weapon. I mean, I don't do it. You said you don't do it. I'm not criticizing people who do do it. But there's yeah. a difference between that and flashing it on camera in a strip club. And then the next game, you're on the bench doing this to the kids. I mean, there's quite a difference, right? So I think we beat this one down. I think your your point is made. I obviously want to see Ja get the help he needs because the NBA yeah. is better with their stars on the freaking court. We have enough trouble with load management, you know, that now we're going to have suspensions. for. Speaking of craziness, Kyrie Irving in Dallas, that ship sailed quick. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I must have been under a rock somewhere, Nick. Me too. It happened so the, fast. <laughs> I, I haven't heard what happened. What happened? I really haven't. I'm just no, I mean, they, he, they're six and six, uh, six and thirteen, I think, since he since he uh, joined them, and he had a meltdown yesterday about um, him being a cancer in the locker room, and he's only one of fifteen, and he's going on. It start. Let's just put it this way: it's starting again. Is Mark Cuban going to handle this? 
How is he going to handle? He's going to have to. He's going to have to because that you knew what you were getting in that trade. And you know what? This is my thinking on it. I think it's a little bit more than that. I think Kyrie, remember when he left New Jersey, uh, yeah, KD was there, but KD was the type of player that could deflect to him and just give him the ball because he knew he needs the ball. A la uh, uh, Kyrie and Cleveland with LeBron. LeBron was just throwing the ball and let him do his thing. And I don't think uh, 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 that's Luka, happening. Luca is I not. I think Luca is a dominant player. He needs the ball. He wants all the limelight on him. That's the way that kid is. And I think he kind of bought into that. But once you buy into that and you get him there, I think it's a tendency of saying, hey, I'm going to let you know this is my team. Ball's with me. I'll throw it to you when I think you need it or when, I, when I've done my thing over here. And I think that's what's happening. And Kyrie senses it. I thought they were going to work well together. Gotcha. You, know, uh, you always think – we think – because the natural assumption is that Kyrie Irving is so damn good – He's going to get it together and whomever he's matched with, they're going to excel. And it just doesn't happen. I think every, you, you, you're you not living under a rock. The fact of the matter is Kyrie is no longer making news with craziness because fans are no longer talking about it. It's just commonplace. Like you said about car, police chases. We turn on the TV. We're desensitized. <laughs> we're desensitized to Kyrie to a degree. I just think it's sad because it's another opportunity that's wasted. And Luca, I mean, they compare Luca to Bird. Do you see that? No, I don't see that. Not yet. What? This guy got to win championships first. He might look like Bird a little bit shorter. I mean, uh, he might have that tenacity that Bird has, but he ain't nowhere near Larry Bird's uh, gamesmanship on the court. I mean, the guy can hit some shots, but win some championships first. Win one. Then we can kind of start talking about it. Win two. Okay, we might make a comparison. But uh, Luke is a good player. He's a young player. I think he's kind of finding his own. But a little bit more about Kyrie. Uh, uh, Nick, I really do believe this. I think, and Kyrie has won a championship. I really do believe Kyrie kind of needs his own team. I think he wants to be the man. He wants to shoot when he wants to and then pass it off. Remember, he didn't. He, he knew he had to pass the ball off to KD in New Jersey. Now you trade him to Dallas. He's got to pass the ball off to this guy, so it's not going to work. I think he needs his own team. He had his own team in Boston, and he effed it up, Coop. I mean, he effed it up. Uh, but see, Boston wasn't that kind of team. Boston's about championships. They ain't about flash and us watching one player score all the time and us lose. You know, he may need to go to uh, OKC. Orlando. He may need to go where Kyrie can just play. He's won his championship. He, he's already had that. Now he want to go score. He want to do it his way. And he don't want nobody to say anything about it. Well, if you're going to be traded to these teams that are trying to win championships, you got to buy in the team. And I don't think he's quite ready. And I think that's the situation where he, he you know, again, the meltdown has started. But. I think he can I, – I just like the way that team was playing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, they played L.A. I mean, they, the L.A. came back and won, and you called that, man. Like, yeah. you were texting. You were on CBS, ABC. Where were you? You were on ABC, yeah. You texted me and said they were down 27. You go, the Lakers are going to win this game. I, I went, F you. Uh, within an hour, the Lakers were in the lead. They just crumbled the Mavs. And I think it's been a shit show since – and you mentioned OKC, man. For somebody like Kyrie pretends like he hates the media. You and I know he's a media whore. He loves yeah. it. And in OKC, let me tell you, I've covered games there where the road has more media there than the home team. That would be like hell for him. But I think it would be a good place for him to kind of detox and be out of the limelight for a little bit. 
it might be a good idea. I mean, they have the picks, they have the assets to go after him, you know, um, maybe. And, and as he goes, the team goes. If he want to get out there and score 35, and he'll really see, you know, right now you've been paired with Durant, you've been with LeBron, now you're with Luka. You can do your 28-30, you guys get together and you win. Well, now you got to remember, if you go to a losing team, that, that 28-30 ain't going to be good enough. You're losing by 15 or 20, and now the media is all over you. You want that media? You know, you want the hype when it's good? Okay, you got to take it when it's bad. I just, I don't know. I I, I, I I really like Kyrie, too. I love him as a player. I don't know him personally, but I don't assume uh, bad things because I haven't met him and spent time talking to him. Uh, so I'm not going to take what other people are saying. But again, when enough people are saying it and you're moving from organization to organization and the same words keep coming out, uh, you, you have a tendency to believe it a little bit. But I just, I don't know. I just think Kyrie's on another boat uh, where he's rowing his own way. He's not rowing with the rest of the team. And, um, you know, uh, he has his own beliefs in, his, in, in what he wants to believe in. I will say this because I, you know, I covered him for three years every game uh, that he was there. And when he's on the good side of his personality, Coop, he is dynamite, man. He's he's compelling. He's charismatic. He's funny. He's nice. But on the drop of a dime, he could change. And you see it in his eyes. And he turns into a douchebag. I mean, he just does. Like, and, and he brings these troubles upon himself. Either way, talented player. I think he's a very charitable person. Obviously, bad choices. That's what it comes down to with him. Coop, before we go on, we're going to talk your top, your top defensive assignments ever, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then we're going to play a little cut, bench, start game with you. But before that, check me in on the Lakers. What, what's going on out there in L.A.? Have you been to any games lately? No, but I've been watching them. And like I told people, I told people this. I said, listen, that since the trade, it's only been since the trade, bringing in Beasley, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Reeves' emergence as a pretty good player, uh, the players that they have, AD finally healthy to a certain extent, LeBron uh, coming in and doing his thing. The Lakers are within, the, I think they're in the eighth position now, ninth. Ninth, they're in the play-in right now. And uh, if the Lakers – can get into the play-in, get a good position, or they're only three and a half behind the sixth spot, four, 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 four game loss in the behind the sixth spot. The Lakers gonna win the championship. You oh, will get to see. I'm, I'm telling you, but they gotta stay healthy. <laughs> they gotta stay healthy. You could possibly see a Lakers Celtic championship no. this year. We would it's love it. We crave that in Boston. Although Boston has been kind of on the skids. They've been inconsistent since the All-Star break. And Milwaukee has just been really good. Besides, I think they lost to, to Golden State the other night. But L.A., I mean, a, Lo a Los Angeles Lakers-Boston Celtics rivalry would be different because we haven't seen it in 12 years. I wonder what it would be like with this cast of characters. You know, I, I think it would be absolutely great because both teams haven't won 17 titles. It and whoever wins is going to be the leader. And uh, five. those Minneapolis championships, they don't count. I'm just you, Nick, are you crazy? <laughs> Shit, any championship counts. You think all the ones that Bob Cousy was dribbling around and all you of that? that those counts? No, we don't count them early ones when the TV <laughs> was in black and white and the lane was about that wide. And now, all right, like, all right, we don't count. 
<laughs> I count, we count any championships we can get out here, okay? Legit I mean, or non-legit. I, I, uh, I don't know if you watched the Bill Russell documentary, but oh, it was so good on Netflix. Coop, you need to watch it. I haven't it. seen it. What's oh, it called? Oh, it's a two-part. Phenomenal. Uh, it's called Legend, and it just came okay. out. It's been number one trending, but the, I'm going to ruin this on you. <laughs> the documentary opens with Larry Bird. Now, like, you know, we don't do interviews, so it was kind of like jarring to even see him. And he says, let's face it. If it wasn't for Bill Russell, the Boston Celtics would just be another team. All those titles were won by Bill Russell. And when I look at the Lakers, it's so different. You guys have dominated the NBA for this last 50 years. So, you know, a lot goes to be said about I could bust you all I want about those Minneapolis titles. But there is something to be said about those 60s titles, because that was not the modern era, though they count. Take away the Bill Russell's dynasty. The Celtics are just another team. They have what five championships? I, I, see, I disagree. I think those really? championships made the Celtics who they are today. Well, they did for sure. Going back there, the the uh, the uh, involvement of the organization, and you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Warriors for example. Golden State was just Jamal Wilkes, mm-hmm. uh, Purvis Short, uh, Sleepy Floyd, uh, Nate Thurman. You didn't think about them as a championship team. And it had to start somewhere. So now you bring in this crew here who's learned from all those losses. Golden State started winning. Now they're one of the talk of the town. No, they're not up there with the Lakers and Celtics, but still every year they're considered because of their championship wins, they're considered that. So I, I, I look at the Celtics because I was watching that as I was coming up. My uncle was a big Boston Celtic fan. And a uh, quick story on him. When I got drafted by the Lakers, he goes, Mike, I love you, but I love my Celtics more. Mm-hmm. So whenever the Celtics and the Lakers played, he said, I always rooted for the Celtics, but I'm rooting for my nephew to have a good game against mm-hmm. the Celtics. But I don't want y'all to win. <laughs> well, the Celtics meant a lot to, to black people, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, the first. Yeah, I mean, you speak to it. I mean, it meant, I, whenever oh. I speak to a legend, they always say we grew up watching the Celtics. Yeah, and they showed you how to play that team ball. But uh, uh, back to the Lakers, I do think that they are rolling along really good. They got a good mixture of youth and some veterans that are showing them how to play, and that uh, and people are accepting their roles. I think Schroeder now he comes off the bench. Because you got D'Lo starting, D'Angelo Russell, and Schroeder, okay, if that's what I got to do to win the game, for us to win, that's what I do. So he's coming off. So Lakers are buying in. They got a, uh, they got a lot of energy. I think Vanderbilt, Beasley, and them guys bring them energy. Uh, and AD and LeBron, when he gets back, they can kind of like spill over. AD took a step back last night big against the Toronto game the other night where the Lakers ended up winning that by 12. Uh, and AD wasn't a big part of that until they needed him. When they needed him to score, they go inside and he scored. So I'm liking the Lakers, man. And I, I, I'm going to say this right now, okay? If the Lakers and the Celtics win, Lakers going to whoop their ass. Uh, it'll be a good – I'll say – because I'm going to give Boston. Tatum, them are good. Brown, them are good. Got a good. But the Lakers will whoop – because they don't have anybody that can guard uh, AD. And you can put uh, Horford on him, whoever you want to. The, uh, Williams the third, AD gonna eat all that gra- all that green grass up, and then LeBron will neutralize the other two, and then our youth will take over. But I say the Celtics and Lakers meet for a championship. It's the Lakers four two. Wow! Whoa! Could you imagine okay. that would be one of the? Don't say sweet, but I'm a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that would be one of the best uh, turnarounds in NBA history. I mean, if the Lakers pulled that out. 
and won the title, that'd be like the Celtics in 69 beating the Lakers. They were like LeBron last. can almost retire and go off and everybody can bow down and say you are the king. He won't. In LA. Before we move on to your top defensive assignments, Coop, uh, have you run into J.J. Redick lately? No. I haven't, I haven't talked to J.J. I heard you got blocked by him. <laughs> I got blocked by J.J. Redick because no. of you, Coop. No, not because of you. <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't watch that one Isn't that my, my whole thing is that I'm not going to let players diss anybody from the 80s because we play good basketball now. Uh, but that's a topic that's over with. Brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet.